Welcome to Season 2, Episode 33 of The MN Corner. I'm Brad Rothschild. And I'm Stephen Cook. Hello, Stephen. Welcome home. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> are you happy to be back? I am tired. Happy to be back from a very quick trip to the Holy Land. Was there milk and honey? The land is flowing with milk and honey. Uh, and hummus. Milk and honeys. Milk and honeys. And hummus. <laughs> I, I, I was able to indulge in my favorite Abu Hassan uh, in Jaffa. Oh. Ten, 10 to 8 on Thursday morning. Oh, my goodness. That's where, that's where my daughter Mia and I had breakfast. Oh, the breakfast of champions. Totally it was so good. So good. Um, it was so good. And, you know, we landed on Wednesday evening. Yeah. Or Wednesday afternoon. Right. And we got to, you know, we got settled by the evening. Mm-hmm. And Abu Hassan closes in the early afternoon. Because they run out they of make, They make enough hummus, and then when they're done, they're done. Right. So, obviously, it was too late for us to go there, but we went to a different hummus place yeah. near where we were staying in North Tel Aviv, okay. which is considered, like, one of the best non-Abu Hassan hummus places in Tel Aviv. Yeah, I'm a and big, I'm a big fan of Abu Shukri like, in, in Jerusalem, so... Yeah. Okay, but we weren't we weren't going to Jerusalem. You know what? So okay, so we got, I understand. We but you know what sucks? And, and yeah. What's that? You know what sucks? No, no, no. Finish your story. I want to. I, I, I want to hear about this oh, food. Okay. So so we got our food. We got the hummus, and Mia was like, "Yeah, no." <laughs> She's like, "No." It's not I'm as good like, as no, Abu I'm like, she, I'm like, look, this is good. She's like, no, it's not no I don't think so. Her standards are so high now. <laughs> I'm like, you know, we'll go there tomorrow morning, and this is a good transitional hummus. <laughs> this is better than what we have in America. It's not well, awesome, but it's a nice introduction. This is what I'm saying, is that when you yeah. go to the Middle East and yeah. you go to a place that has good hummus, and let me tell you, yeah. not all places in the Middle East have hummus. I would never have hummus in Egypt. Never, 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 right. never, never, never. But you did fool in Egypt. Oh, badun shock. Anyway, <laughs> so, um, but you go to a place that has good hummus, and then you come back to the United States, and you open the fridge, and there's the Kirkland hummus, or the <laughs> or, Sabra, or the boar's head. Or the, or sa- the boar's head. The, boar's head. <laughs> the, 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 the Kirkland, sad, the or the Sabra. Or like the, the three tribes or whatever that thing is called. Ah, it's just oh. disgusting. It's like it's really, paste. It's nasty. It's, really, it's not they hummus. Should be, they should be embarrassed for themselves. They should really uh, be embarrassed. It's true though. Amr. And then you get like the the you know random weird newfangled flavored of <laughs> flavors of hummus. This like, is Amr yeah. used to call that hummus. He didn't call yeah, it hummus. He called it hummus. Like, and he would make fun of Americans. He's like, he'd say. Oh my God! I just had the greatest white bean hummus. Yeah, white bean hummus. What oh my God! Hell? I just had the greatest roasted red pepper hummus. Yeah, it's horrible. Ah, you should not embarrass. Terrible. Not, it's, an embarrass- it's an embarrassment to all hummus. It is. It really is. But you know what? It's like when you go to New York City. You can't eat pizza anywhere in New York City. Mm. You can't have a bagel from any place in New York City. You right. have to know where to go. I know it's true. 
It's the same thing anywhere. Yeah. You can't just get you can't get a falafel anywhere in Tel Aviv. You right. need to know where you're getting it from. All right. So so what was the craziest thing that happened to you over there in the Holy Land? Uh, did did people try to tell crazy. you that that Donald Trump is the greatest because he is a supporter of Eretz Israel? I'm Yisrael. Hi, I'm Yisrael. Move the embassy to Jerusalem. Hi. Fortunately, I wasn't in Jerusalem, so I didn't see the full display of, you know, <laughs> Trump, Trump, Trump. <laughs> <laughs> They're naming a, a, a station a for the soccer team for the, yeah. for the oh, the soccer team. Yeah. Beitar Yerushalayim is now Beitar Trump Yerushalayim. Come on. Yeah, I thought, didn't no, I didn't know that. I thought they were just naming a stop near uh, near the Western Wall of the, the light rail Trump station oh, yeah. or something like something that. Something like that. I thought it was only like a porta potty right <laughs> by the But isn't isn't <laughs> the isn't the, the isn't like the fan base for Beitar Jerusalem, aren't they a bunch of fascists anyway? Yes. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> this is this is fully on brand. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I it's a good question that you asked because really, you know, I don't think he has a higher level of support in any country outside maybe of Russia than in Israel. <laughs> oh, I, I, think, I think that's right. I mean, if you talk to people in the Gulf now, for example, they were very, very excited about Trump and they've certainly cooled off about yeah. the president. Um, not because it's of any of the craziness that he does here, but because he talks a big game about Iran and really hasn't done anything. Right, not yet, at least. Yeah, but exactly. what's interesting is the take on him there... And look, people who don't live under his regime don't understand the full force of, you know, what fascism in America looks right, like. Right, right. So they just see him as this disruptor. Right. They see him as an outside-of-the-box thinker who's shaking things up on the international, you know, in the international field. And, like, you know, he's doing this bold thing with North Korea. And I'm like, yeah, that's great. But you do know that he doesn't really have a plan, right? right. right? Just, and they're like, well, yeah, the, maybe. It's to change the narrative. It's for the for the Nobel. That's, but that's it's from what they see in Dotar to Nobel to Dotar to Nobel again. You know, here's the thing. I think that people that I have a problem with this idea of disruptor and the way in which the tech bros and the foolish mainstream media, you know, they, it, it, all of this discussion in these books about oh, disruptors. It's all positive. Like, well, yeah. you, being a disruptor is by definition positive, but right. there's a lot of negative consequences out there. Well, there's a human cost to disruption. To disruption, but, 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 but there's people who are intentionally disrupting things for negative, for negative reasons. Like, what did Steve like Bannon say the weekend that yeah. Trump was, or the weekend after Trump was inaugurated? We're going to tear yeah. down the administrative state and stuff like that. Well, that yeah. means taking food stamps away from poor children. Not to mention, but they're doing exactly what they said they were going to do. So tearing down the administrative state, they've destroyed the State Department, for example, as we've discussed. So now foreign policy is concentrated in the hands of one person. So when he wakes up and decides, yeah, you know what, I'm going for it with North Korea, then they're going for it with North Korea. And when he decides, we don't need the G7 anymore, or the Atlantic Alliance is, you know, a drain on us for some unknown reason, we're going to jettison that. And that's the dangerous part. So it's... Well, and then you have the... And then what are people people in Israel thinking, you know, and in Israel, of all places, armed, uniformed officers of the state are separating families. You go here, you go here, 
you go Listen. here. Don't question. Listen. Don't ask. If you resist, we will kill you. I mean, not kill you, but you're, what are they, you're how do they respond a, to that? Come on. I mean, you're talking about a country that has been dealing in its own way with asylum seekers for a decade. And, and while they may not have, be pursuing a policy of separating parents from their children, they do... I think that this is really, you know, they're using, they're operating out of the same playbook of creating disincentives for people to come, and that's what Israel has been doing from the beginning. So, as you well know, and we've discussed this uh, many times, and I made a film about African refugees. African Exodus. Check it out, all listeners. Check it out. Exactly. Check it out. But the issues are the same, and the arguments that are that are made by opponents to the asylum seekers are exactly the same. They're not really coming here for any freedom. They're just trying to take advantage of our system. And they've entered our country illegally. So we can do basically whatever we want with them. And if we're going to create conditions that are less favorable, then maybe they'll think twice about coming back here. It's the stunning irony of two countries that were built by immigrants, and immigrants, many of them immigrants in distress. Uh, You have these two countries and the mythologies of in Israel of the ingathering of exiles and Jewish exiles. Jews, right? Jewish, I, of Jewish course. Exiles. And here the United States, the mythology what has become the mythology of the Statue of Liberty. Give us your tired, yep. your poor, and have really um, violated all of that. Those all of the principles by which we like to believe Absolutely. both countries were built on, and maybe it was never really true to begin with. Maybe it was never, particularly in the case of the United States, and the abject cruelty of this administration and the abject lying going on by this administration. This is the the Secretary of uh, Homeland Security tweeted that there is no policy to separate families. I mean, this is just a bold-faced lie. Well, she lied. She lied. Especially especially when Stephen uh, Miller, that's his name, right? Yeah. Said, "Oh yeah, this this is our policy, right. Mr. You know, this kid needs. If anybody sees him on the street, they need to punch him right well, in the face." And, but I'm you sorry. know what? The and entire I, GOP you know, is on board with this. Lindsey Graham, who, they are on who board with you know, a year ago was wailing on the president, is now a big supporter of the president. It's what Corker said about them. It's all become this cult. I mean. Basically, Trump defeated you know Mark Sanford in South Carolina, and then they're all falling into play, uh, falling into line now because they're afraid. I, and when they say, and, and it's exactly, this. it's exactly what they hate when you say to Republicans, "Oh, so it's party over country." So someone like Lindsey Graham, who responds particularly poorly to those accusations, is now falling has yeah. fallen into line with Trump. He really is putting uh, putting uh, party they, before country. He had a fight with Bob Corker. At a Republican luncheon, because Corker said this is like a cult, and what did Lindsey Graham say? You're destroying the Republican Party. Well, you're yeah. destroying the country, Lindsey. Well, exactly, and the Republican Party is now the Trump Party. Yeah. And it's funny that the you talk about a cult, the cult, because I was thinking about this while I was away, and you know, one of the good things about being outside of the country is it gives you, at least for a few days, a chance to look at things right. from a different perspective and to think about things. You know, maybe things that are, that are right in front of your face, but don't you don't necessarily think about them the same way. So, I was thinking about like let's uh, let's just say for argument's sake that we do get to have free and fair elections next, you know, in this year and in twenty twenty. Right. right. The only the the messaging 
that I feel, at least, you know, nobody's asking me for my opinion, but this is my opinion. All of the stuff about separating families, nobody cares about. All the stuff, the only thing that is going to work is by trying to deprogram people who are members of a cult. That's the message. It's going to have to be very focused on one thing only. And that one thing is, he's a liar, and you're doing much worse than you used to be. They're stealing, and they're stealing from you. He's a liar. He's a crook. He's a thief. You have to break through. All the rest of the stuff is noise, and they don't care. You want to talk about taking a knee? You're going to lose the election if that's what you're running on. The only thing that you're going to be able to run on is this guy is lying. Right. He's lying, and it's time for the people to Except wake for up the from fact the fever. I, I think I actually think the separating families is a is a better issue for Democrats right now because you can point right out now, yes. you can point out to all these people that he's lying, and you can point out that they are doing worse. The, I'm just thinking once again of those people who harvest the uh, crabs in the Chesapeake Bay who were like. Uh, yeah, we're not going out of business because of the because of the administration's immigration policy that won't let our seasonal workers in. We're right. going out of business because of environmentalists. What? What? Yeah. Well, what do well, environmentalists have to do with these people not getting their seasonal work permits? That's why this message needs to be repeated ad nauseum. You have to you have to stay on this yeah. message. Forget about all the other distractions. I mean, look, you and I talk so much on this show about things like the taking the knee because it's an important issue for us right. and, it, and it exposes hypocrisy and really um, trying to to clamp down on dissent in the country. And these are issues that are big for us, but for the average person, this is what they want. This is what they want the average. This is what they want us talking about because the average person doesn't care yeah. about this when they go into the voting booth. Yeah. So we need to focus on that. And whatever the message is, you need to stay with that message the whole time and just keep bashing people over the head with it. Right. There's nothing else that's going to work, right. I, I'm afraid. Let me ask you a question. Is there a frightening situation? Is there a... Yeah. Is, is there like a cult of personality around around the Israeli Prime Minister, around uh, Benjamin Netanyahu? Because I was, I, mean, I was talking to folks the other day who know Israel far better than I do analytically, yeah. and they were saying that actually the the right in in Israel is rather divided um, yeah. and that you've got you know people to the right of Netanyahu and you even have people who are Netanyahu supporters who are like well there really isn't anybody else right. so but yeah, it's not like right. it's not like Trump here is really really kind of captured people and, yeah. and, and, and I use that word captured in a way like he has captured them and they become you know it's like Stockholm syndrome. They they are prisoners and they've they've taken on they've they they've, they've taken on the worldview of their captor. Um, I don't see the cult of personality right. around Bibi there, and you know Jews are not supposed to have a king, right? Well, right? neither are Americans. King. Yeah, but you know what? We're, we've always dude. Been I want my people impressed. to sit we've up. Always been more impressed straight when I walk in the room, man. That's I want I want my people. I want my people. Mo- Using pom poms in a coordinated fashion, while goose stepping down right? Pennsylvania Avenue. And then he said that was just a joke, right? Or we didn't understand. <laughs> he said, "I don't understand sarcasm." Yeah, 
Exactly. That's not sarcastic. That's signaling. And when you actually say something, you mean it. And then you can't walk that back with your, you know, handler saying like, no, that's not really what he meant. No, that is actually what he meant. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, that's exactly what he meant. It's exactly what he meant. It's exactly. That is exactly what he meant. I mean, the only time that he ever told the truth was when he was at that press conference after the summit where he says, we'll see in six months if this works out. Right. And if it doesn't, I'll probably make up an excuse anyway. And he said that. I know. And that was the one moment of candor where it's actually true. Well, the other moment of candor was with Leslie Stahl when he said, I'm just going to destroy the media. I'm going to destroy the media. Yeah. That was another moment of candor. You know what? In that in that sense, he that he does have in common with BB because BB right. also has this disdain for the media. Yeah. Uh, one of my friends, one of my friends was like, "Oh, all of these scandals with BB and all these investigations, he's clean. Nothing's going to happen with that." Right. Well, but this is also something that idea. one of these one of these folks who knows Israel says to me that basically the the story is that the public or BB supporters will not accept any kind of, you know, sense, any, any kind of accusation, that, unless there's evidence of, like, actual money changing hands, of actual bribery. Right. That Unless right. it's an actual clear-cut case of bribery, whatever. They're going to let it go. Right. I, I don't think that in Israel you're going to get rid of Netanyahu. The courts are not going to get rid of Netanyahu. The, the, you know, the police are not going to get rid of Netanyahu. I don't think, look, I don't think, frankly, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen I, here. That no, the Inspector General's so, report about the behavior of Comey and others is has provided real yeah, and, encouragement yeah. for the GOP to go after Mueller. Yeah. I, I texted you while when this all went down yeah. while you were away, and I said, "It's it's it's going to be Stay over. Away. They are going to yeah. destroy the Mueller investigation." And Mueller, how yeah. do you pronounce that? Mueller, Mueller. I don't know. I can't, still can't do it after Mueller. all this. Yeah, so after all this time, after all this wasted time, well, so the wasted time. Oh, why, it's time to bring why it to an end. Just end it. Can't yeah, find why anything. Can we just wrap it up? Already? Wrap it up. Yeah, there's nothing. Everyone's everyone's innocent. Everybody knows. Everyone's innocent. So, and that's kind of what they're hoping for. So again, like all this Mueller stuff. Like, Mueller. Yeah, Mueller. Mueller. That's it. It doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is voting these people out of yep. office. That's the only that's, thing. You're that right. Matters. That's the only thing that can happen is is to retake the House and the Senate. And to hold the, the, this guy the fear, which the is, fear which there is, so is unwilling the, to do. The fear there is that the Dems take retake the House and the Senate, and then he and the GOP use them as a foil to get reelected in 2020. Which isn't and look anything possible. Anything possible. Yeah. I, I would. Ra- I would. Rather I would rather have those two have, years, right? Exactly. Right. Like let's have that at least as an option. Where where we you know right now it feels they have. All three branches of government, right? And the judicial branch is clearly well. The great untold story of yeah. the Trump, the yeah. year and a half of Trump, yeah. is how he's remaking the judiciary. No one is yeah. known, and it's with the help of these loons from the Federalist Society, from which Neil Gorsuch springs. So all it's unreal. It's unreal. It's unreal. No one. It no one cares. Unreal. No one cares. No, as long no, as they have their HBO. They're well, you know what? So many of these uh, of these concepts are too complicated. I'm sorry to say, right. for most people to wrap their heads around. And quite frankly, as we've talked about since the beginning, the whole idea is to create so much chaos that you don't right. really know so, where you are. So the poor sh- the, the poor stummies who only care about whether they have their HBO are once again fooled by the corporate and super wealthy interests. Like the super, they don't care what happens. 
They park their money yeah. elsewhere. None of they can buy their way yeah. out of trouble. The there most expensive lawyers and stuff like right it's now. just crazy. I'm sick you of this. Country. What are you gonna do? I don't know. You gotta vote. I'm gonna vote. Get I'm gonna vote. Get out there. I'm, get, I'm out there. Get out there. I'm out there. Get I'm out doing. There I'm doing this. This is this is this is service to the nation too, as conscience of the nation. It is. Somebody's um, gonna do this. Somebody's did, gonna do this job. On a, on a happier note, did you did you have a did you have a nice Father's Day? Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, they don't really celebrate it I, in I, Israel. I, I feel like. I feel like Father's Day is is. I mean, it, it was nice. I had I had a very I had a lovely day. Um, I, I waited for the I waited for the air conditioning repairman. Um, that was that was that was a very father thing to do. No, no, no. I had a really nice Saturday evening. The girls took me out for like the best Chinese food in all of the area. Bob Shanghai sixty six. It was fantastic. Talk about damning it with faint praise. No, it was really it was great. It's it is this is authentic. I mean you look around in this restaurant and yeah. there's very, you know, predominantly uh, Asians dining there. It's it's really good. It rivals anything I've eaten in in the New York metropolitan area. And in fact All right. fair, fair the enough. last time I had such good uh, soup dumplings I was in I was in Hong Kong. Yes. And uh, so, so you were saying about Father's Day, though. You were yeah, no. So I had a very nice day, but I feel like it's you know Mother's Day is is an important thing. Mothers do so much, and the Father's Day thing, yeah, we're like you know, it's like exactly. consolation. We're doing Father's these Day because all, we got to do something. But it's not that. These important. are all manufactured. These are all manufactured occasions, though. Like, I mean, I know Mother's Day is more on the, on the hierarchy right. is higher than Father's Day. But it's all nonsense. I mean, Mother's yeah. Day is nonsense. Father's Day is nonsense. Every day should be Mother's Day, right? Yeah, you know, my parents used to say that, and we'd be like, oh, okay, no, no, whatever. No. Like, yes, yes, yes. Right. But you know what? Every day that you get to spend with your kid, with your kids, is, you know, the, the gift that you get and the gift that you give even, every day. Even though we've been counting down the days until camp starts? Yeah, I, it's not as if it's not as if every second is joyous yeah, I know, and wonderful. I, know. I'm, I, mean, I miss them terribly hard. when they're at camp. It's, it's freaking hard, but you know, I spent five days now with Mia, just the two yeah. of us, and you know, I wouldn't trade that for right. anything. Absolutely. You know, we had a great time. She, we we had a really good time, just the two of us. You know, spending time together and seeing friends and family, right. and. Um, just really hanging out. The only, you know, it was hard for her with the time difference. Right, and, right. You know, there were a couple, there's one, two mornings. You know, she we didn't sleep at all because of the jet Right, lag, right. So and then when she, she started to the, adjust, you had to go back. And she would wake up in the middle of the night, right. and I would wake up, and then in the morning, I could, I could pull myself out of bed, but it was much harder for her. So, you know, one morning we didn't do anything, and that was okay because she needed to sleep. But, you know, I, again, like that's my Father's Day gift is that I got to spend five days with Mia in Israel and go to our friend's wedding and, you know, see Michelle's family. Michelle's family on Saturday had this huge gathering at her aunt's house yeah. in Tel Aviv, like 40 family members. Yeah. It was crazy. And, you know, it was really nice. We had, it was, this is the same apartment where Michelle's grandmother used to live. Uh. And, you know, the family tradition would be like Saturday, the whole family would get together for lunch. So her aunt is continuing the tradition. And, you know, we had Michelle's brother was there from Miami and her cousins flew in from New York just by chance. It was all happening at the same time. So her aunt had this big 
throwdown, and it was really, you know, a nice afternoon that everybody got to spend time together. And, you know, we don't really see them all that often, obviously, with the distance. Right. And it was nice. And it was 100 degrees there on Saturday. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> it was hot. And then you're like, oh, yeah, this is the Middle East after all. <laughs> it was real it's, hot. It sounds like it was a great it was, trip. Yeah, it was, it was good, but really hot. <laughs> <laughs> like it is today in D.C. It's Nasty. And here, apparently. Uh, New York don't is go out. Don't go but um, what did you say? Don't go out. Don't go out. <laughs> don't go outside. Don't go outside. No. We're melting. Here's a, okay, you know what was the worst thing, though, that happened to me on Father's Day? So while I was waiting for the air conditioning repairman, I was yeah. flipping channels, and I flipped on the channel Reels. Have you heard of this channel? I don't uh-huh. know what it used to be called. It's a, t- it's a movie channel. Okay, well, Reels was having... And it, I, saw, I caught a commercial on Reels for a program on Reels called Van Halen Breaking the Band. It's supposed to be like, you know, kind of like behind the music. Uh-huh. And so I was so excited. We came home from the Bethesda Big Train game last night and yeah. just in time. And I turned it on and it was so bad. One, I learned nothing new. Two, you know... Uh, the only member of the band willing to talk to anybody about anything is Michael Anthony. So they yeah. did have actually an interview with Michael Anthony and they did have some old footage of the band from the seventies and so on and so forth. But where they didn't, or they did like reenactments with actors. Yeah. Oh my God. That's I was awful. completely flipped out. I was like, this is the that's worst awful. thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. That's really bad. I saw a Van Halen documentary where they didn't even, they weren't even able to license music from the band. So you're watching a Van Halen documentary without any Van Halen music uh, in it. So terrible. That's horrible. Uh, horrible. They have not done that story justice yet. No. But one day they will. All of them will talk. It'll be a mess. It'll be beautiful. <laughs> It'll be the greatest yeah. thing of all time. It'll be a mess, though, because all of the... Because it is, because they were a mess. ...will come out, and the fuse... They were a big mess, and it was all fueled by ego and cocaine okay. and alcohol <laughs> ego and, cocaine. and brown M&Ms. Like, basically, Eddie and Alex never wanted David Lee Roth to be their lead singer, but they were like, well, Eddie doesn't want to sing. <laughs> yeah. But again, you know, David Lee Roth's ego is enormous. Right. Alex and Eddie struggled with addiction. Right. You know, both alcohol and cocaine, right. and I'm pretty sure David Lee Roth, too. Right. Um, he was a big. Was he was a big a, drinker, David Lee Roth. Yeah, but I mean, Eddie was addicted to to uh, coke and was an alcoholic because he was, for all intents and purposes, he was a re- he's a really shy person right, right, right. who did not like performing in front of people because it was contrary to his nature. So his father, at an early age, said, "Here, drink this before you go on stage." Because his father was an alcoholic. Because his father was an alcoholic too. <laughs> yeah, so it's an extremely dysfunctional band. I meant to, I meant to, you know, made some of the greatest. I, I, I was sort of a non sequitur, but I've been, it's been in the back of my mind. I kept saying, oh, I gotta tell Brad about this. I gotta tell Brad. It's just the worst thing ever. My other, my other Van yeah. Halen revelation, and then we gotta get out of here, was I didn't realize that the, the, the song Ice Cream Man uh-huh. isn't about ice cream. It's not about it's ice cream. It's not about ice cream. The guy's got a truck. What's he no, doing? No, no, no. I thought I always thought it was about like this nice little ditty about you know selling yeah. ice cream to the neighbor to the women in the neighborhood, and it's not putting in bananas, Dixie cups. 
Ah, push all up, flavors and push-ups push too. too. I'm your ice cream man. Yeah, if you stop, stop me once, so, yeah, you'll be my regular stop. I just thought that that Ooh. was that was a really nice thing. Like he was going to bring them ice cream on a hot day. Yeah, but all my flavors are guaranteed to satisfy. <laughs> well, vanilla, <laughs> you know, chocolate. Uh, I don't know. No, they're all guaranteed to satisfy. <laughs> What's it about? It's not ice cream. <laughs> We're gonna think about what this is about. I know it's crazy. Maybe, maybe next, maybe next time we'll come up with an answer of what this is about. <laughs> On that ridiculous yeah. note, welcome right. home. Happy Father's Happy Day. Happy Father's Day. Take it easy, everybody. We're out.